0: What we're going to talk about today is something that's been on my heart, kind of boiling over for quite a while, and, and uh, that's what, so whatever's in my heart, you're, you're going to get, so how about that? Back in the day, when I was a youth, uh, I just want to say early teenage years, for whatever reason, um, I was into the BMX bike thing. I, I think I... The first thing that tipped me off, I was in this school, it was a private Christian school or whatever, and this kid showed up. He was a new kid, and he looked cool. He had a racing jersey on, I'm like, that kid's cool. I didn't say that to anybody, because that would have made me look uncool, right? Um, but no, I took notice of it, and I thought that's kind of cool. And I saw his shoes, and I'm like, those are cool. Check, the, the. I mean, they're back now. You know you're old when they come back, but... Um, vans, checkered shoes, all that stuff, so um, but anyways, I went down that road and um, I had a huffy bike you know that you can get from Myers and stuff. Um, but over the course of time, this journey I started out on, the more I got interested in this and my brother got interested in it, um, the more you find out that you you need more things for your bike and whatnot, and the whole thing was getting the lightest bike you could get. Like, I want to make this baby light. Why would you want to make a bike lighter so you can go faster, so you can bunny hop over stuff higher? It's a thing. So I went through this process, thanks to my parents, because I didn't have a job. This money came from somewhere. But I went through this process of making this bike that I had lighter I would swap out parts, parts, parts. Before you know it, I have a this this bike that you see a picture of. This is actually probably ninety percent of my actual bike I had back in the day. But um, not that that means anything to anybody out there. But uh, hey, nostalgia. Um, but anyway, so over time, I I began to lighten this bike up, and and you you, you know as a kid. You don't want no stupid chain guards on there. You don't want no stupid reflectors. You're pulling stuff off. You don't need all this stuff. These heavy seats. So I'm. I mean, I'm in catalogs. I'm in magazines. I'm at the bike shop as much as my parents will drive me there, and and uh, just drooling over all of this stuff that I have to have to to create the perfect BMX bike, to create the lightest bike on the block, and and my. Brother and friend that I grew up with who were also shared in the same love for this stuff, um, always joke with me, your bike was upside down more than it was right side up because I was always taking it apart and cleaning it and all this stuff, so or I broke something, but it was all this journey to lighten the load of this bike and to make it what I wanted and um you know. That's that's yesteryear. Uh, Daryl just told me a few minutes ago he still has some bikes that he has. And I don't know why I ever got rid of mine. I think I traded them up for skateboard decks and stuff. Wow, I was not a businessman. I really took a beating on that. But I have a friend that has all of his original bikes that he had, and uh, it's amazing the thousands and thousands of dollars worth of bikes he has. And we think, man, should have kept that. Probably think you could easily think I wish should have kept my lunchbox from nineteen seventy four or whatever. But um, anyways, I digress. But you know, times have changed. Now I now I'm into fishing and, and things of that nature, and it's all about the lightest fly rod. I actually have what's known as the second lightest fly rod in the world. I'm not sure what that means. It was a gift for my brother. Guess who has the the lightest fly rod in the world? Guess. I'll give you one guess. He's not here today. (laughs) That's right. So he's got to one up me. No, but uh, but yeah. Now it's just a matter of how light can my camping gear be and all this stuff. But you know, that's just a little illustration of uh, just a goofy little thing I was into and. And wanting to, to lighten the load of that bike just to make it whatever I want it to be for whatever reason. And, and uh, in a sense, you know, all of our journeys started out the same exact way. We all started out with no choice in the matter, didn't we? Somebody brought this up a few weeks ago and something I was listening to. We had no choice where we were born. We had no choice who we were born to. We had no choice of when we were born. You ever think about that? If you think about that, if people actually stopped and thought about that for a second, it might chill them out a little bit about pointing fingers and the whole, maybe the whole race thing and all that stuff, like realizing none of us had a choice of what color skin we were born with or where we were born or what side of the tracks we were born and all this stuff, but We all started out without a choice. So based on that, do we believe God knew what he was doing when he put us in this moment, in this life, where we were born, who we were born to? Do we believe that God knew what he was doing? Some might say, I don't think he did. I would totally. I always used to say as a little kid, or for whatever reason, I should have been born in the 50s. I should have been a kid in the 50s. I don't know what it is. I love everything about the 50s and that that whole era. I always thought I should have lived then. That would have been cool. Can anybody attest that? They they did, and it was cool. See, I'm not wrong. I had a reason for that. but, um, But I believe that we were born here and now for a purpose, and it was God's choice. I was as we were worshiping. Um, this just dropped in me, and I don't think he was. The Lord was just talking to me. I believe he was talking to all of us. You are a solution to a problem. There was. You are not a mistake. You weren't mistakenly put in the time that you were put into. You were placed here as a solution. God saw you. I mean, that's... I'm not going to add to that. You are a solution to a problem. God empowered you to solve. That's for somebody. I know that was for me when I was in worship. But when we believed on Jesus and put our faith in Him as our Lord and Savior, yeah, we something even even better happened. Realizing that when He chose us, and in return we chose Him, we were rescued and we were translated from one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Now we are kingdom people walking around with the kingdom of God is within us. And God wants to see us bring the kingdom wherever we go, whether it's to our workplace, whether it's here, whether it's our family. He wants to spread the kingdom of God, us to spread the kingdom of God to this world. Colossians 1.16, everything was created through him and for him. When I read this verse, the simplicity of this is he created everything with a purpose. We have purpose. No matter how purposeless you may feel, God created you on purpose for a purpose. We were created through him and for Him, we're created for him. Third John two, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So this journey that we're on, God's desire is that it is a prosperous journey. A prosperous journey. This word prosper means to have a prosperous journey. I love it when they put the same word in the definition. Or to lead by a direct and easy way. It also means to help on the road or to succeed in reaching. So this is God's heart. God wants our journey to be successful, to be direct in an easy road. I know nobody's experienced a bowl of cherries in their, you know, as their life and I have not had one single problem so far, you know. Nobody has ever been able to say that. I mean just just think about the desire for your own kids. If you have kids, you can relate. You want your kids to have a prosperous, successful journey, most likely better than what you experienced if you're you know, you've already gone through it all. You want their life to be better than yours. That's, that's normal, right? That's just normal. How much more, our Father, how much more does the Lord want for us to see us succeed and to be exactly what He purposed us to be in this life? Mind renewal is key to this, to be transformed, to see our life transformed by the renewing of our mind and to see that it is God's will And God is a good God and wants to see us prosper and see us walk in and out a successful journey in this life. I've been, my thinking has been being expanded, and I'm not going to get off chasing a rabbit on this, but as of late, I'm really starting to realize how big God thinks. Maybe that's not the right way to say it, but how big he wants to be in our life and through us to bring the kingdom to earth in our sphere of influence, how much he wants to infiltrate every part of this world for his kingdom. And he wants to do it through us. And that's what's mind-boggling, that he would choose us. And it's, it's also exciting at the same time because the more I renew my mind to that, the more I think, you know what? It's true. I've always, I've heard people say it in, in different ways, that what God has called you to is going to be bigger than you. You won't be able to handle it in your own natural abilities. It's going to take faith. And we can think about a plethora of stories, accounts from the Bible where we see that actually take place. But we need to align ourselves with that thinking and and, and with God's way, he thinks about us to walk in this prosperous and successful journey that in this race that he set before us. And it's our race. It's not something you compare yourself to other people and it's, it's your race. Now, you're, you might be with somebody, your, your spouse is included in this, and where God has called you to, to join up with a local body, like here at Caris, we're part of this. We're on this journey together. But he has called you to a race. And he wants He, he his heart is success and success prosperity within that race. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Since we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from the grandstands, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. And some translations say, throw off every weight, and especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up, and let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. In Hebrews 11, prior to this, lists a, a lot of people who had prosperous journeys of faith. It's people have labeled it the hall of faith. In our journey of faith, they are our cheerleaders, and they are our examples. One of my favorite accounts, just the boldness and the fearlessness of David stepping up and seeing Goliath shooting his mouth off. The, the, he, you know, compared to his brothers, he was smaller, and he's like, who is this guy? He's not even circumcised. He, he doesn't even have a covenant with God. Who is this? What does the guy get for taking this guy down? It's like that, that is how we are supposed to look, realizing who, who we are, whose we are, in the covenant that we walk in. And it's just amazing to see. I mean, he, he ran at Goliath fearlessly. And that just gets me all revved up thinking about that. Like, what, what an amazing account that was. A guy that, not based on his ability, his natural ability, his physical frame, whatever, He's like, God's got my back. And he just ran full board, this guy, and took him down, knowing that it was because of who he was and who his God was. In Hebrews 12, 1, says, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that so easily trips us up. How many know the devil knows your weakness, right? How many have gone through their life thinking, man, I've done, how many times are we going to go over this? How many times are we going to get tripped up by this? How many times is this going to... Well, he's not stupid. He, 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 the Bible says he goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he, he may devour. We actually have to give him some opportunity. We have to give him some, some, some room to, to move. But I'm not going to spend too much time on sin because the beauty of the truth of the word in Romans 6, 17, 18 says, Thank God... Once you were slaves to sin. But now you're wholeheartedly, you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. And if anything has set me free from feeling like I was some sort of a slave to sin, slave to the weakness uh, that in my life. There was one scripture that totally rocked my world, and that's 1 Corinthians 15, 34, Awake to righteousness and sin not. And a former pastor said, that does not mean awake to the truth of righteousness and then please stop sinning. What it means is when you awaken, when you become awakened to the beauty and the truth through Jesus' accomplished work, that you have been made right with God through Jesus and realize that you now have right standing with God, sin will not be an issue. You won't want to. Your whole desire is to walk pleasing unto him. And the Bible tells us without faith it is impossible to please God. He just wants us to completely and totally Put our trust in him. It's so simple. It really is. But what I want to hone in on here, again, this is the thing that has been on my heart for a while, is the weights. Now, I know the the translation I read didn't use the word weights, but it tells us and many others to throw off or to cast off the weights. And this word weights in this scripture means a burden, something oppressive or worrisome. Uh, an impediment, and an impediment interferes with movement or progress or an encumbrance. It causes problems or difficulties. So this is; these are things that we don't need on our journey. God wants what? A successful, a prosperous journey, at ease, a direct journey, right? And you know, I don't have, I'm not going to sit here and read off an exhaustive list of what I think a weight is. This is something that you have to answer for yourself. I know what weights have been in my life that I've had to choose, and there's still weights that maybe I'm not aware of or awakened to. That I want. I, my prayer, my heart is, Holy Spirit, show me the weights that are weighing me down in this journey. And that's really simply what I, I would hope that your prayer, your desire is in your own life, I want this prosperous journey that you want for me, Lord. Show me weights that I need to drop. Maybe it's stuff. Maybe maybe it's stuff that instead of you having it, it has you. I've had plenty of those weights in my life. But maybe it's thoughts or vain imaginations. Any vain imagination is something that is completely opposed to the way God's word is. And we have the ability, through the word, the word tells us to cast down. We can cast down vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and we can bring those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Maybe you're a prisoner of your own thoughts, and you, you think you can't control them, but there is a list of, of the ways to think in Colossians where God says instructs us to, to think on these things, whatever is of a good report whatever is praiseworthy, right? So we can choose that. Maybe it's condemnation. Maybe there's a weight of condemnation, and that for me was huge. We know the word says that, therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, And if we're born again, we are in Christ Jesus, and he is not condemning us. Nope. The Holy Spirit's not condemning us. The Father's not condemning us. Our own conscience, for me, it was my own conscience that was condemning me and keeping me in this crazy prison, thinking that, I mean, I get to the point where I thought that I was too far gone. Even though I was born again, I was a child of God. And I just thought he was so disappointed in me. And that was such a weight. How many knows that my journey was not very prosperous? I was, my life, the way it looked I was not displaying God's goodness in my life. I was in this goofy little prison because of condemnation. Maybe your attitudes, maybe, maybe you might think it's a thing or a person that's the weight, but maybe it's your attitude toward a thing or toward a person in your life. Maybe that's the weight because we can choose our attitude. Maybe it's relationships that are dragging you down. Do not look at your spouse. Maybe it's a relationship of your life that when you interact with this person, you feel like life is being sucked out of you. I don't know. I've had to cut loose of relationships in my past, knowing that it was like an unequally yoked situation. We were going, I mean, that's that's usually common when people, you know, come to the Lord, their friends don't want anything to do with them. But you know, maybe it is relationship that you need to ask God: Is there a relationship in my life that's weighting me down that I need to cut loose to be to to, to travel a more prosperous journey you've called me to? Maybe it's some sort of a weird law mindedness or a religious stronghold that you don't even you're not even aware of. Maybe there's thinking in you that you have to add something to Jesus' finished work that you don't measure up somehow. You think you have to maintain something that doesn't even exist. It doesn't even, it's not even there. Maybe there's something so deep-seated that you don't even realize you feel the need to, to, to do it or to, to, to win approval or whatever at some goofy religious thing. Maybe that's a weight. I don't know. I know I had tons of that stuff. I mean, I shared about it with the communion thing. I felt like I was unworthy to take communion most weeks as a kid. Not realizing that Jesus is the reason I was doing that. Maybe it's a fear. Maybe, maybe there's fear in your life that's a weight, and you're afraid to step out in faith, knowing there's a deep desire in your heart that, God, you, you believe that, where did this come from? Why does this keep coming up? Why does this keep rolling over in me? Maybe there's a fear that's weighing you down, keeping you from solving the problem you were created to solve. Maybe it's people pleasing. Maybe that's a weight in your life. How would I know that's even a weight? That's been a huge weight in my life. Not being able to say no. Not being able, you know, not to, just a people pleaser to the max, like on steroids, crazy stuff. And that can be a weight. Because you're You're more interested in pleasing man than you are in pleasing God. And that will weigh you down. You can't please everybody. I thought it was my job to make it keep everybody happy at one point. And one day, the lights turned on. It's not even my job to keep my wife happy. Right, hi? Am I doing a good job with that? But no, we we found that out almost at the same time, I think. It's not her job to keep me happy. And it's not my job to keep her happy or whatever. It's not, that's not it. And that can be such a weight on somebody thinking they have to keep everybody's life under control as much as they can. And I see, a lot of times I see that in moms. I won't name any particular moms. But uh, it's, it, the heart is is good. But why are you doing it? And becoming unweighted in your life, in this journey, does not happen accidentally. Just like becoming unweighted in the physical. You don't wake up one morning, oh my gosh, you just lost 30 pounds. No, it's, there's, there's a purposeful, intentional lifestyle that goes along with it. You have to choose to lay aside. The ball's in our court. Hebrews 12.1 makes it very clear. I love this. The scripture in Matthew 11.28, typically you hear it, it's Jesus saying, come to me all you who who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He talks about his yoke is easy, his burden is light. And I believe this is even on our website, but I'm going to read it out of the message, and it's just beautiful. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? to not be weighed down by whatever those weights might be in our life. Now, he knows our life isn't going to be perfect, but God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. The word promises us that. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching the faith and correcting error, for resetting the direction of a man's life and training him in good living. The scriptures are the comprehensive equipment of the man of God and fit him fully for all branches of his work. Hebrews twelve six goes on to say, for the Lord disciplines those he loves and he corrects each one he takes as his own. And that's the word of God is beautiful. Every time... I either open it to read it, or I hear somebody preach it, or I hear somebody teach it, my, my first thought, my prayer is, God, bring correction in my life where I need it. I'm open for discipline. I'm open for correction. The word says he loves those that he disciplines. He corrects us, and that's, I mean... My kids know I love them. When I bring correction to them, I don't just, I let them know I reinforce it by saying, you know what, I'm doing this because I love you. The Bible says if, if I didn't bring a correction to you, it says I would actually hate you. And we know the heart of a father. And, and God's word is just that. It is something, it's, it's good for instruction. It's good for, re, for correction. It's good for reproof. It's good for doctrine. And that's why we talk so much about renewing our mind to the Word of God. And that will be transformed, our own life will be transformed by our mind renewal to the Word of God. Who are we supposed to be led by as children of God? We're supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, the Word tells us. And following in the path of the Spirit is not a chore. Instead, it opens us up to experiencing the life God has for us. Do you think that the Holy Spirit is going to lead us down any other path other than the one God has laid out for us and called us to walk in? No. In Psalm 37.4, it says, Be delighted with the Lord, then he will give you all your heart's desires. That's just one translation. Usually you hear it as, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that word desire means of the Father. When we take pleasure in God, when we take pleasure in him, in his word, his desires will start overtaking our heart. We will take on the desire that he has. And how many knows that? He is only going to give us good desires, desires that line up with our purpose and His will for our life. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says, In a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets first prize. So run your race to win. And your race, like I said, your race is your race. It's your journey. It's not somebody else's. You can't compare your journey to somebody else's. When my son's in cross country today, actually happens to be his last meet for the year. And when when he's running, I'm not sitting comparing him to everybody else. I'm looking at his race, knowing his abilities, and I'm cheering him on to achieve his goals. Like I always talked to him beforehand, Ethan, what do you think you're going to run today? You know, and... He'll say, I really want to run this, Dad. I'm like, all right. was like, that's good. How many people do you want to pick off today? And because uh, some, some other cross-country guy at work told me, like, I used to sit there and try to pick people off. I'd keep my mind going, give me, give me something to do, pass people, you know. And uh, so he tells me that. But like I said, when I'm, when I'm going there, I'm not comparing. I'm not, when he gets down, I'm like, why didn't you run faster than that kid? You know, why didn't you, why didn't you keep up with this kid? Why, all this stuff. No, it's his race. And I know my son's abilities right now. And I am cheering him on in his journey. It's in, uh, that's just one of the cool things about cross country. It's kind of like, it's like your, own, it's your own deal. And um, you're racing against yourself. But God is cheering us on in our journeys. And he wants to see a successful journey. Direct ease in this journey, and he doesn't want things weighing us down and throwing us off in wrong directions and holding us back, but he wants to see us successful. Our heart should be God, Holy Spirit, lead me in this journey and this prosperous journey that you desire me to walk in, and expose the weights in my life that I have taken on. And give me the strength to throw them off. The reality is we, we need to, this is something I have to constantly remind myself and to stop letting life live me and start being intentional, living life and throwing off, be, be quick and submissive to the leading of the Holy Spirit to throw off those weights and, again, just have that heart. Lord, bring correction to me and show me the weights. Show me the stuff that's I'm allowing to trip me up because the grace, God's supernatural ability, is in you to overcome all that stuff. And we begin running our race without weights and those sins that the devil loves to screw with us with. And trip us up, we will begin to see God's kingdom manifested in our lives and in our spheres of influence. Because we all have those different spheres of influence in our life, and God wants to be impactful in those through you. You are his representative on this earth. We were called, we're, we're, that's what we're called, ambassadors for Christ. We represent Jesus on this earth, and we are the ones that bring the kingdom of God to this earth. And just think, what kind, of a, what kind of an influence could we have together corporately if we all threw off those weights that were weighing us down again, whatever those are, and we all ran our race, beautifully, the way God's heart is for us to run a race, not to be weighed down, not to be heavy laden. Second Timothy 4.7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. That's my heart. I want to be able to say at the end of this journey, I have fought the good fight. I have run my race not allowing weights to weigh me down, but I have done it fully, totally, sold out, completely dependent on God and his ability in me. And lately I've been asking myself just for weights, this might be just a simple way to ask yourself this too. Does this add value to my life? Whatever it is. And that could be anything. I'm being very vague on purpose. But maybe don't get quite caught up in questioning, okay, is this a weight? Is this a sin that easily trips me up? Maybe just ask yourself, is this going to help me run my race better? Maybe that's a simple question. Will this help me run my race better? Hebrews 12.2 says, keep your eyes on Jesus. We both began and finished this race we're in. That's it. Other translations say the author and finisher of our faith. Are there weights in your life that you know are weighing you down in this journey, in this race you are called to? And if so, be open and say, Holy Spirit, expose any weights in my life that are weighing me down that i got to Lay down again. This does not happen accidentally, this is on purpose. The ball is in our court on this, but uh, that is my prayer for all of us. And uh, I mean, I prayed for whoever was going to be there, whoever was going to listen to this, that there would just be an awakening and just this would just begin another chapter and our beautiful journeys together. That you know what. God wants a prosperous journey for me. So, Lord, just show me things that are weighing me down that I need to cut loose of and to run this race beautifully and be able to say, just like Paul said, I ran my race, I finished my course, I remain faithful. Because that's, I believe that's all of our heart. So, let's bow our heads. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for your goodness, and I do thank you again for choosing us You chose us, and we are so grateful. And Lord, all of these children here, in the sound of my voice, Lord, you have called us to this race, to this life, to these journeys that are our own, that you want to see run successfully, that you want to see run beautifully and unweighted. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking you now just to expose to all of us anything that we don't see that is a weight in our life and also help us to realize that we are no longer slaves to sin. But because we have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus, we are free. And now we have been made slaves of righteousness. Thank you for that. And Lord, I just speak blessing over each and every individual in this place. And I thank you that they walk out a prosperous, successful, direct journey that you've called them to in this life. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Caris New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.charisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.